is Maria married to Peach? Therefore, is he king? And like, why isn't she queen? Like, why is she ruling? She ruling over the kingdom? Like, yeah. Then that whole like stuff comes what into are, it. And then what it's just are like, the poli- what are the game? geopolitics in the Mario games? Yeah, you know, in the like, Mario universe. Right. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Polygon Forest. I am Ubisoft concept artist Vin Hill, and I am joined as ever by the indie developer Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello. And uh, this week, Chris is a bit more of an indie developer because he's been working hard. He's been he's been doing the hustle, and and stuff is happening. Chris, tell us all about it. What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so I've got um, I've got my announcement trailer, um, which is out. I've posted it on Twitter, which got a great reception from some cool people. So thank you very much uh, for the love that's been shown. There's been some some people that have been sort of friendly about the game in the past, and they've said some really nice things on Twitter. So that's been great. Uh, I've got the trailer out on YouTube. Um, I've set up a Patreon page if anyone is interested in supporting uh, the little indie game Focus Find. Um, Vin and his lovely wife Rachel have, have, have supported, so they're patrons. So if you want to join them too, then yeah, check it out. Join us. Content join us. Yeah. <laughs> um, doing some videos on there. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been going as well as can be expected. My expectations are super low. I was telling Vin uh, earlier, <laughs> so they've already exceeded the expectations. So it's just like no one's going to say anything. Um, so yeah, it's been really busy. Uh, I did like a twelve hour day on the Friday, so then I just chilled out on half. Uh, then I had just did a half day on Saturday. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's been great. It's been really fun. Um, it's, it's, it's like a milestone. So I'm proud. I'm pleased. Uh, I can't wait to just get back to actually making a video game, um, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of a weird thing. So I'm trying to sell it at this stage, and that's taking away from the actual, you know, production side of things. So it's a it's a weird thing, but it's a learning curve. It's all new, and um, it's just really exciting, and I'm liking it. And I would love it to be my full time job. I'm like, the more I work on it, the more I'm learning these new skills and learn like learning about Steam and all this sort of things and marketing and setting up the patreon page i'm like damn i could do this i could do this full time like learning new stuff and implementing them and having creative input yeah it's been really good no that's cool man like when when i saw it all start like rolling out last week i was like i was really happy for you because it's like yeah it's it's finally it's becoming real pretty much right it's not just like this little it's not this little side thing that you are making by yourself as a hobby anymore it's sort of like it's it's shifting a little bit so that's it's exciting yeah, it feels a little bit more real now. Uh, yeah, and it feels a little bit more uh, validated that um, I'm at this stage where I'm talking about it and people aren't going, uh, you do realize this is terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, one's, no one's said that yet. So everyone's right. just been kind so far. So it feels like, oh, I'm like cautiously optimistic about uh, about the future for it. Um, but yeah, so the next stage will be to get some more people playing it and see what they think but i need it to get into a uh, a stage where they can play a few levels start to finish without anything breaking uh, and and getting that yeah yeah it's it's uh, games are weird because like the especially the indie side anyway like like things on twitter and stuff like that whenever you post anything up like people are super supportive in general like regardless of how many likes and retweets and all that sort of stuff you get like the actual content like the bulk of the people are actually just commenting and liking this sort of stuff even if it's like super low or super high like it's mm. extremely positive most of the time, um, yeah. And it's like that it sort of gives you a false sense of security almost because you're kind of sat there and like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. And it's like, and you're just going through, and more and more people are enjoying it, and more and more people like it, and more and more people go on board. But the difference mm. between like that stage and releasing 
and the reviews are just like vastly different sort of thing and people are a lot more critical of stuff like once they've put money into money into it which you know it makes sense like completely but it's yeah. just as long as you're prepared for that side of it then yeah then, yeah then you're good well i was researching yeah i was researching um marketer like i was doing marketing so i was looking at people who i think would um would want to review the game yeah which is really hard for my game it's like the curse of making a unique game that you can't really think of any like um competitors or mm. um anything that's very like similar the things that i think are similar are from like eight years ago so i check out the people who did a really good review on it <laughs> right and uh, you know they're like doing something else they're like not even in media anymore it's like oh okay well they've changed jobs or or, or they've or they've or they did really well and then they've been brought out by you know ign or polygon or something um yeah which is interesting um uh but yeah it's got its own challenges uh trying to figure out who the press is what was my point oh yeah the point was it's interesting that the, the articles that i liked about the games that are similar is that they were critical for the right things mm. and i'm totally fine with people being critical it's not the best game in the world it's never gonna be it's sure. not supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be just like interesting little mechanic interesting little story interesting little experience first game could do better you know that's all i'm hoping for um and so if i can get a tiny slice of that then i'll be happy you know i'm not i'm not wanting it to get rave reviews or anything like that i just and you know the um but the people that do the articles that i'm choosing to like go hey check out the game they were critical in a really nice way where they're like this has this effect if they did this it might have this effect yeah rather than just like oh this is terrible this is garbage what were they thinking right sort of constructive thing. feedback sort of thing yeah yeah people are actually yeah. they aren't just trashing it sort of thing they're saying okay it, it's it, it's good but it would be great if it was this sort of thing which yeah, I do appreciate those sort of things, like most of the time. But you do get those people that just don't know what they're talking about sometimes, and like, oh yeah, you should just throw in like experience and do this. Like it should be, it should be like an RPG or something. It's like, you, what the hell are you talking about? So, yeah. but for the most part, it's not. It's never. It never comes from a bad place. I guess like that's the important thing. Like they're always just trying to help the the creators like get to a better product because they want to play a better product and they want you to be able to create a better product and stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all, all the criticism is uh, all useful, some more so than others. Yeah. My my friend was like, I she was playing it, and um, she's not really like a gamer, which is what, again, that's kind of like my target audience. People that aren't really into gamers but would like an interesting artistic experience. And she's an art teacher. Oh, And she was like, it's great. I want to play it on my phone when, when my daughter's like asleep, when I get a second. Like, that would be great. And so I was like, that's, in, like, that's great feedback. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's fascinating, right? And you could, yeah. like, that's a very easily um, ported game as well, like, in terms of controls. Because yeah. the majority of the problems that you have when you port in a mobile game or a game to mobile is the control setup. And the way that yours works is just a directional, that's it, pretty much, right? It's just on one sort of joystick. Like, you never actually put in any inputs that much. So, like, you could literally just set that up on a screen. Yeah. And so, like, if it's the top left screen, then it moves left. If it's top right, then it moves right sort of thing. And that's it done fixed yeah so it's kind of like you're in yeah. a good spot for that it's just a matter of you could port it graphically and you might have to downgrade some stuff there but past that yeah it's, it's definitely doable. doable um yeah i mean put it in as a patreon goal mobile version yeah that'd be a that could be a patreon goal yeah yeah if i get x amount i've got to figure out how much the whole game's going to cost first that's the next one yeah that's always tough my first goal is like it's really for me to leave my job for a year and then the next one is how long is the game going to take to make? But it's tricky because when you're only working on it evenings and weekends, it's tough to figure out how long stuff takes. Yeah. And especially because it's the first time I've ever 
done an indie game like this from start to finish. Again, it's tricky. Like, how long is the music going to take? I don't know. How long did it take me to do the first two tracks? I don't know. Yeah. And, I it, and you get faster at that stuff track. as well. That's another problem. Yeah. So, like, yeah, okay, yeah, one level took me this long, but the second level took me half that time, and then the third level took me half that time of that. And it just gets faster and faster because you get more experience in making your own game. So, like, you just mm. you sort of speed up as you go. So, yeah, it's that's that's an impossible question to sort of answer i guess but no it's a, either way man it's good that you're sort of um, progressing on um it's cool to see it like step up to the next level i guess like in terms of production and stuff so uh, fingers crossed Thanks. for you um if you are listening to this and you're interested in focus fine like please go check out chris's uh youtube channel is uh twitter page at acrylic pixel you can go and find all this stuff there game looks very cool like support on patreon also good stuff and uh help the industry help make a game right yeah help yeah, the industry yeah exactly help guy out and yeah and be on the lookout for mine in about six months or something so yeah anyway <laughs> well, well, I'll get to, I've, on, like this week i've been making a list of like stuff like all right i need to start like planning this ahead and so like the first thing on my list is probably set up a steam wish list i'm probably i think you've convinced me at this point that's probably a good idea to just get that done early um so i might i might sort of jump on that over the next couple of weeks but patreon and all that sort of stuff is way further down the line um i agree like and especially like we had a we've had a conversation about you know we read that article about you know there's literally no downside to getting your steam page up yeah and getting a and trying to do a wish list because even worst case scenario your game tanks or like you've decided you're not going to do that game anymore you can still use that money you've spent on another project you just change the name of the project and change the screenshots and change this and that and the other it's it's not a big deal and and or just organically without being promoting my steam page because i was holding off before i was starting to announce it uh it organically grew eight eight um wish lists just from people just stumbling across it so like yeah. typing in the keywords um you know like a 2d puzzle-ish platformer um so it's grown yeah it's grown just without me publicizing it which i never even considered i, I didn't in a million years think i'd get any wish list so to get eight within a couple of days by itself was really great and yeah and i'm sure your game with your screenshots and stuff as soon as you send a tweet out because you've got those what couple of thousand people yeah they're interested in it now so yeah I'm at, if half like if a, if a third of those wish list it yeah you know, yeah i'm that's, sorted. that's it, it's mostly honestly two thirds of the way up you're probably two thirds of the way up most games that have got you know zero presence after a year of production yeah it's like the main reason why i probably want to do it though is because it's kind of it's not a selfish reason but it's kind of like for business reasons is that if i have a bunch of people wishlist it before I actually start pitching it to publishers because that's my ultimate goal is to like get it published by someone like Devolver Digital or something like along that yeah. echelon of people um, get it maybe get it onto Game Pass day one or something and then just have done with it get a payout and be like All right, I've got enough money to work on my second game which is like the yeah. the, the bigger thing right um, that's the ultimate goal so like if I've got a bunch of wishlists and I'll be able to use that as a bargaining chip basically and say look this is how popular the game is going to be and I haven't even yeah. done an announcement trail or anything yet this is this is what I'm sort of aiming for it's, it sounds egotistical but it's not it's very much like it's going to set my own expectations as well so if like nobody wishlists it then I know how to adjust yeah. from it as well so I'm going to be using it very much as that sort of tool more than anything but yeah that's yeah. well they look at the metrics goal. don't they it's a metric yeah. it's the most important metric and so why not start trying to grow that most important metric uh publishers look at 
all metrics. So look at all the data you've got available. So yeah. your Twitter feed and the Twitter buzz will be one of them. Like how many people you've got on which list will be another one. If you then set up a Patreon page, how many people are supporting it is another one. Because they're like, oh, if, even if 10 people are doing it, they're like, that's better than someone without a Patreon page, for example. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, yeah it's, it all helps. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all a part of the business. So it's something I have to sort of get on board with at some point. But it yeah, it's like it's like you said, man. You have to at the end of the day, it takes time away from you making the game, <laughs> which is annoying because that's all I want to do. I just want to work on the game. But then we have to start thinking about all this business side of it because we have to sell the game and uh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's just a different. It's a very different beast. And and starting to think about that is just a very, it's a very bizarre. Um, like sort of journey that you have to go on but everyone has to do it sort of thing if you want to do this full time and, and we're definitely on the way to that so but yeah i'm super excited for yours i'm glad that it's it's uh it's become a little bit more real especially for you uh so yeah it's exciting it should be cool yeah i'm excited yeah and if you're watching this in the future you know maybe both our games are out so yeah. sure yeah go check, check out, out our awesome games well. like they've both got 10 yeah. out of 10s they're amazing i'm telling you like it's just <laughs> the best and they're never going to be on sale so you just go and buy them full price if you want um yeah <laughs> yeah that's not gonna happen but that <laughs> will be a funny clip to sort of look back on one day um maybe yeah maybe but yeah, speaking of uh, like video games in general, I guess like I'm playing video games and buying mm. them. Um, we should talk about the games industry because that's normally what our podcast is about. Yeah, um, that should be way over here. Yeah, yeah, it should be. I hope. Christ. What are we talking about today? Yeah, uh, yeah, we've we've got a few things to sort of get through. What do you want to sort of tackle first, Chris? Uh, we could do the uh, the boring one, the Microsoft closing on seventy billion. The boring one. You are selling deal. this podcast, sir. Like I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> to buy Activision Blizzard. The reason why it's boring is because uh, there's some people that are like, oh, it's such a big deal. Mm. Oh, maybe it won't go through. Like, oh, the feds are going to have to look closely about anti, uh, you know, anti-monopoly and uh, what was the other term that they used? Anti, not anti-bribery, um, but yeah, like monopoly. It's yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's it's. Not I, I just it's yeah, I do, I just don't really understand why. Like, I understand the attention it's getting. I fully understand that. Like, it's it's a huge deal. Like, it's a lot of money involved. Yeah, um, it's a big shift for the industry, um, and all of that. So I I get why the attention sort it's of happening. But, but talk about that. Talk about how big it is. Talk about the impact it's going to have on people. Exactly. Talk about, yeah. Like what's actually going to be happening? Not lies and like people that are uninformed about how these big business deals happen and yeah it's just scaremongering i think it's just preying on people's insecurities uh, and and lack of knowledge about these sort of things i agree and it's it's very much about like the thing that sort of exposes that more than everything is the um like oh no the you know the trade commission are looking at the activision and microsoft the uh the yeah the activision and microsoft deal it must be in trouble sort of thing when the actual headline should be you know, like everyone that's over a million um, dollars in the US gets yeah. looked at by the by the trading board, like every single yeah. one of them. Like that's sort of part Expe of the course. Yeah. And this is the very, very normal. Be, yeah. Expected box ticking exercises, uh, ticks box accordingly. <laughs> right. uh, no surprises so far. Yeah. That's probably what the, what the headline should be, yeah. which is dead boring. There are, I mean, there are some points of genuine like news where like the, we've now got members of the U.S. Senate and, and Congress like mentioning the the this case in particular, like, and and that is sort of like all right, that's newsworthy because if they're looking at this and that, because the end of the day, like if the Senate and Congress and the House and all that sort of stuff in the U.S., like if they don't like 
consolidation, but they've got no real reason to block it, then that you know you can't just block it for the sake of blocking it. You just can't. Like there's there's legal standing for them to be able to buy this company out, and there's like I've really not seen an argument from anyone that like strongly suggests that it will be blocked. Honestly, I just haven't seen anything because people are saying, oh, it's a monopoly. It's not. The games industry is massive. Call of Duty yeah. is big. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like it's not even a tenth of the games industry. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's not actually as big as people sort of assume. It's big to us culturally and a part of the games industry. Absolutely. But like in terms of pure yeah. money, which is what the trading board's looking at, it's not a monopoly. Not even close. No. People can launch their video game on Steam. People can go to uh, Sony. They can go to Nintendo. You know, there's this is just like yeah, it's like what you said. It's just consolidation, and it happens in all it's industries. It's a lot of money. It's a lot to talk about. It's going to affect the games that come out for sure, and what platforms people can play things on. Mm. But that that already happens with Nintendo. Like Nintendo don't want like Mario on you know PlayStation or Sony. It's kind of similar sort of stuff here. But um, yeah, and yeah. It, and the whole argument has actually been dampened more than anything. And like the the whole idea that this would be blocked is even less so now that the PlayStation Plus um, revamp has been announced because now PlayStation are coming out the gate like I'm rebranding and really pushing their streaming service. So they that's the competition to Game Pass now. So they've actually bolstered the the idea that you know that Activision being bought out and only being on their platform for streaming services that's sort of been weakened now. So there's actually even more reason that it's going to go through now. And like we keep seeing these fear-mongering sort of articles and stuff, and who knows, maybe it will get blocked for whatever reason. But like right now on the on the news that's coming out and what basis is like a sort of being expressed right now, it's not. Yeah. Like there's no, no there's no real news here. Like this is very, very part of the course. It's very normal. So everyone should just take a breath, go and look at um, any, like if, if you find um, lawyers that are covering the games industry in whatever way, like there's a couple on YouTube as well. I think one of them's a Hogue Law, like you can find him. He, I think he's based out of Chicago or something, um, but he's, he's basically a lawyer and he goes into depth on this. And there's a lot of other like places hmm. as well. Like if you're not into his content, then go and look elsewhere and find different views, obviously. But I've yet to see a lawyer that covers the games industry properly and actually knows what the games industry is about really, you know, give a good good reason why this would get blocked. Like they really haven't come up with any. This like, yeah, this will go through. Like it's a big it's a lot of money, but it will go through. Yeah. Like there's really no reason for it not to. So why is there no overlap between lawyers and gamers? Why is that? Because we're not taken seriously, Chris. Speaking of not taken seriously, um, the New York Times <laughs> I've been, I've been talking about video games. Uh, yeah, so we should uh, we should dive into this as well. So the New York Times, this is this cracks me up like more than anything. Uh, yeah, this. Ugh. Did they even put their name on it? Who was it? Would you Would you put your name on it? You know. All right. No. So for some context, if, so, if people don't know what we're talking about, it was trending on Twitter for a few days. If you're not on Twitter, then yeah, that's cool. But there was a a New York Times article um, about Elden Ring that was put out. And this thing was just amazing. It was a it was an opinion column, I guess, more than anything. But the title of it is "In Elden Ring, the struggle feels real." And it was it's it's a very strange article, and they are basically trying to they they've leaned on this idea that um, the the creators of Elden Ring saw the struggles of the pandemic and people struggled and life was hard and you are absolutely right the pandemic is hard we're still in it by the way um yeah and all of that sort of stuff and they were trying to say oh Elden Ring is a um you know a direct 
sort of comment to that and like what what that's why Elden Ring was so successful is because people yeah. like that internal struggle and all this sort of stuff and just a lot of these like crazy concepts but and yeah. it's difficult to imagine Elden Ring having this sort of cultural cachet in any other era other than pandemic so it's almost like saying that it's better because of the pandemic yeah that that is a that is a statement that's for sure I mean, we can laugh at this all day, and it, like it's absolutely hilarious. And if you can yeah. find like a copy of it, don't 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 go to the New York Times and actually read this. Like, if no. you can find like a copy of it somewhere else and and like find it. Then... Brian, yeah, our author was Brian X Chen of the New York Times. He so must have been. I, he's, he's either a genius, and the, the, the New York Times were like, right, we need we need some we cash need... on the game side. Yeah, <laughs> we need something like that's gonna cause a ruckus. It's gonna cause a stir. Who are the biggest fanboys? And then and then Brian was like, well, at the minute it's Elden Ring because they're like having their heyday. And they're like, can you take a hot take that's totally not related to why the game is successful and put the reason why the game is successful as that reason? Mm. And he was like, yes, totally. And I can bring it into folding current events because we're coming out of the pandemic. I can totally fold in coming out of the pandemic with the success of Elden Ring and that will rile up the maximum amount of fanboys that are doing the rounds on Twitter at the moment about why this game is great. Mm. And it's great because it's, you know, it's another, it's another, like they've changed the formula in a great, refreshing, interesting way. They know what they're doing. They've got a proving track record. It's the best Souls game, everyone's saying. Really well written. You've got George R.R. Martin coming along. Those are all the reasons why Elden Ring is great. So let's just not mention those reasons in the article and yeah. just blame it on the pandemic right um yeah, yeah. this it's just actually, the it could overall, be genius if that's what they're going for yeah it's just you've got like he's, he's got to have known like someone that's like that in depth into the games industry i guess like if, if you're working for the new york times i would hope that they they know the industry well enough and all that sort of good stuff um if they did know and they were just looking at this like okay i know how rabid the fans are and stuff and i know like how you know how polarizing this game can be to some people especially on the difficulty scale like it's just there's a lot of conversation around the game and the fact that it's got 97 on metacritic and all that sort of stuff you're right i think like it's just it probably is just a genius market move but there's there's also that side of it where it, it couldn't it, it could also not be that maybe the guy is being genuinely serious and this is what he actually believes and you know, like his opinions are his opinions and so on and so forth. And this is sort of laid out as an opinion piece, which is fine, I guess. Like it's it's kind of like a half review of, of Elden Ring at the same time, which is very bizarre. All of yeah. that sort of good stuff. But like if he is being genuinely serious and he genuinely thinks that the only reason why this game is so successful right now is because of the pandemic and nothing to do with the fact that it might just be a good video game, um, then that's kind of bananas. And that sort of exposes the real problem with uh, the games industry, what the games industry has when it comes to being taken seriously um, and how outlets sort of cover us, like from from the bigger outlets anyway. Like when we talk about outlets, like people think, oh, okay, um, Polygon and um, IGN and, and, and places like this is like, they're the quote unquote big outlets or Kotaku, right? Um, mm. They're not the big outlets whatsoever. The big outlets is like the Washington Post, the New York Times. Um, Sunday Times, yeah. The Guardian, things like this. There's a lot of like the actual news outlets. Like I don't really, mm. like we've been, we talked about this before, but I don't really consider video games outlets to be journalists. Like proper journalism. Proper journalism yeah. anyway. Like they are to an extent, but yeah. they're mostly critics. 
We've got more like indie journalists in the games industry. We've got more like um, like uh, there's this new like a tr- it's a trio that I found them on Patreon. Mm. People make games, and they're like a, it's like a trio or or four people in Brighton. Yeah, and they did some cool exposure stuff to Roblox, like the child labor exposure cool. stories that journalism. Yeah, and they're like doing proper proper journalism, and they're doing it with proper journalistic integrity, like approaching the uh, approaching the company, like trying to get interviews with people, like doing interviews with employees, quoting them in the proper way, citing their sources, you know, proper journalistic integrity, and you know, presenting as uh, trying to be as unbiased as possible while presenting the facts, like what the news should be. I guess we're kind of like used to that in the UK, like with BBC News. Like, yeah. D- we're spoiled with journalistic integrity. You are there, absolutely like- bang on there. And that's like the majority of my issue with the games journalists um, in the world anyway, is that opinions are everywhere. Like we, we can't, it's very, very difficult to just get the facts on a lot of this sort of stuff. Like the Activision Blizzard stuff, like when, when all that stuff came out or like the Ubisoft stuff before that. There was a lot of just people's opinions riddled in these articles, which, you know, like you're allowed to do opinion pieces if they are titled as such. But if you're reporting yeah. this as facts, keep your opinions out of it. Like look at like things like BBC, like you go into the BBC News website, it's like and you read an article. It's not it's not like there are some like you might find like a scrap of an opinion in there or they might lean a certain way. But like for most for the most part, it's very much just this happened at this time. This person said this. This is the source. This is where the from. Mm. And it's it's like the the paragraphs are actually like two or three lines long a lot of the time because it's just facts. Like they just list stuff out, and you sort of take that away and you're like, okay, that's that's what's happened. And mm. we don't really have that in the games industry. Like we when we get these articles, they come in paragraphs of like massive blocks that are just like, and I think this, and I think that, and I think this. And the reason why I think this is because this person said this single source. And there's no like, you know, that like that is a problem. And now the juxtaposition to that is things like the New York Times, which is they are a proper outlet. They do do proper journalism. They have mm-hmm. been awarded for a search. They've won, they've won Pulitzer Prizes and stuff like this. And it's kind of like, okay, you look at that and then you look at these articles and it's like, that's how the real outlets see the games industry. We are just, we are an afterthought. We're at, we're at the bottom of the pecking order and no one cares. Like, and we, and yeah. people can just do these throwaway opinion pieces like this that are absolute trash, by the way. Like nobody believes this, you know, like this whole idea that the, that Elden Ring is an allegory for the pandemic. And that is just like absolutely ridiculous. Like it's no, just because uh, anyone that knows about how games are made would know that it was formulated, you know, years and years ago before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that it could be at all related. Um, yeah. And uh, things are too far in motion when uh, you know the pandemic hit to to change course to any way to make to like maybe drive that home. Well, uh, it's very difficult to say one way or another without actually being being there. But um, but there's no way that it can be an answer to to the pandemic. No, it's just this, but, you know. it just, uh, like, I feel like I'm just banging my head against the wall. Like, as the years go by, it's like we're growing, we're getting bigger, the industry is huge. Like, we're getting mentioned by, you know, like senators in Congress because of, like, like consolidation things about our companies. How big the industry is. And, All yeah. of this stuff, and it's like, okay, more money's coming in, more people are making a career out of this, more, more people are playing games than ever before. All this sort of stuff, like... All good, like normal growth stuff. But at the same time, the cultural sort of shell over the top of that is just like, I'm just screaming, God damn it. Can we just like get, can we just be taken seriously for five minutes? 
like on the outside, like from the like the general public's perspective, not the hardcore gamers. Like we understand, like the like people that are listening to this podcast will fully understand. Like they they are a part of that group of people that understand how important video games is. But to the outside person of our industry that's looking in, it's like, oh, the basement dweller boys um, are like making video games that are edgy to the pandemic. Like that Mm -hmm. mindset just need it's old and it needs to go away. And we're just like, and it's frustrating. Like the people that should be taking this seriously, like these writers at the New York Times, they should be using this platform they to sort of express like how normal and cool video games are. But they don't. They're still doing these stupid edgy articles and it's kind of like it, yeah. it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And to the outside Joe as well, in my opinion, the New York Times article, they had so many angles that they could have gone for, which is like educational to non-gamers and also like endearing to gamers. So like the fact George R. R. Martin, you know, a big huge name you know, the show, the television shows made him like household name. The books made him a household name. Hey, he's helped writing on the video game. That's interesting, isn't it? Like someone that wrote, writes books and helps write for TV shows is now writing for video game. How is that? You know, explore that. Let's do a deep dive into that. What made him want to do that? What impacts are having on gamers? That's just one thread. Another thread of, hey, it's a really, really hard game. Um, this game is making hardcore gamers like cry and spend, but they're spending hundreds of hours on it. Mm. And, um, you know, so what, what makes a video game fun? Like why are these hardcore gamers spending all this time on a game that's really, really difficult? Why doesn't it have a difficulty setting? What impact's going to have on people coming out from outside games that might want to get involved in this sort of game? Like, is this the sort of game to like introduce you to, to games? You know, so many different angles to, to go from. Um, you know, and this game is just this game series has grown in popularity over the last few years. Like, and now with the gaming industry, the biggest boom since the pandemic, people have played a lot of games because of the pandemic. That's fine. You can include that. But why is this difficult game like renowned now? And why is it having its moment in the sun? Um, so yeah, to me, they, they just missed a trick and they could have, they could have made a lot more people, a lot more interested and a lot more happy. The only thing it seems to have happened was, is yeah, in, 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 you know, get a lot of Twitter press. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and it's like you said, like if, if that was the goal, that's genius, right? But it's just like, if it, yeah. there's the other side of it where, there, like if you read the articles, a lot of ignorance in there as well. Um, it's just unfortunate like that this is on the New York Times. Like if this was on Kotaku, it would be, it would have been laughed at and no one would have looked at it. But there's, yeah. you know, there's like, if this is in the actual newspaper and like millions of people are reading this, so sort of like, oh, man, it's like, because the thing, it's like the, the Martin thing, right? Like the fact that J.R. Martin, household name, as you said, worked on this thing. I- imagine if Steven Spielberg read that article and it was it was about the fact that Martin worked on this sort of thing. And Spielberg was like, you know what? It'd be really cool if I worked on a video game as well. Like if Martin's getting in yeah. on this, like maybe I should get in on this. And then we get like What's other people. About? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just other people. And just it just helps the industry grow. I'm not saying we should like get inundated by like a bunch of movie people because it's a very different industry and all that sort of stuff. But... It's about like that content mill of like keeping people coming and going and, and people coming in like fresh ideas coming into the industry and maybe like a movie director a movie director working on a game Spielberg has worked on a game before by the way like not show my ignorance too much about that but like people <laughs> like Spielberg I should say if Chris Nolan or something wanted to make a video game and he had an idea for a video game like what would that look like you know like I would like to see those ideas like in addition to yeah. the the industry that we saw so but. It's kind of like when we've got these sort of articles, though, where like the the guy literally starts out saying Elden Ring is essentially a sequel from um, 
software's Dark Souls series. It's kind of like it's not a sequel, and like there's all this sort of like uh, it, it's it's just really frustrating. Like it's just I'm just dying for us to be taken seriously, and this just. Like, I understand the angle that they were probably going at, which was, like, this will rile people up. We'll get some clicks. We'll get some views. People might buy our newspaper tomorrow, and he'll get a nice bonus because it's all done on traffic. Like, it doesn't really matter the, like, the, you know, how good the article is when it's an opinion piece because you can say anything in opinion pieces. But it's sort of, man, there was such an opportunity here to speak about this game, especially about a game that's got 97 on Metacritic and people are talking about, a lot of people are enjoying. It's very polarizing. Like there was so many other interesting conversations to be had. Yeah. And this is the angle they went for, which was this, yeah. you know, the game is an allegory of the pandemic, even though the game was like started in production before the pandemic and all the Souls games are in this format as well. It's kind yeah. of like, okay, was the original Demon Souls from 2013 or whenever that game came out, like uh, 2011, I think that came out. Um, is that an allegory for like the pandemic? No, because that was 10 years before the pandemic hit and stuff. It's sort of it's very strange. Very, very strange. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it could... Is it the most popular... Is it hitting the most three in terms of it's the hardest that's the well most well-received that's sold the most? Like... It's ticking all those boxes. It's like th three massive things. Selling really well. Yeah. Uh, it's the most popular game in the series. So many people have come out and said, oh, it's my favorite one of the Souls games. Yeah, I have seen that a few and, times. And it's really, really like 97 Metacritic. Can't can't deny it. <clears throat> so huge stories right there because that's how, how often does that happen? Never. Yeah, I think like I, I hate the comparisons that people make um, with like the, in terms of gameplay with uh breath of the wild and elden ring because they are vastly like they are not similar at all like anyone that says yeah. anything like that they're stupid but in terms of like the like all them things that you just ticked off in terms of like the the uh cultural impact and like how good the game is and it's a it's a, it's not a sequel but it's like a, a spiritual successor is the best way to say um, all that, all them sort of things coalescing together to make this sort of like this conversation more than anything is very similar to Breath of the Wild in that respect. But outside of that, like they're not similar whatsoever. Mm. I just want to be very clear about that. Um, I get that. Yeah, yeah. There hasn't been anything that sort of ticked those three boxes since. Yeah, since Breath, Breath of the Wild, Wild, I guess. Fair enough. Because yeah. there's there's a lot of other games come along, like uh, Horizon, right? When that came out, but that was a fresh thing. It was a new thing, and it's like, yeah, this is just a great game. But like having like when you reimagine a game, I think it gets a lot a lot more attention i think elden ring is a reimagining of the souls format more than anything and the fact that yeah. it's open world the fact it changes a lot of things in game which we will discuss later when i like probably talk about what we've been playing because i've absolutely been playing it but there's a lot of things that change in that game which have been reimagined for the better in my opinion like much better so yeah there's it's, it's just annoying man so many good conversations could have been had around this game and this is the one that they went for it, it feels like a cheap cheap shot and it's it's the the most disappointing thing for me is the fact that it's from the new york times not the not the content of the thing like i don't care it's another stupid article from people that don't know what the hell they're talking about but the fact that it's from the new york times that's the part that stings more than anything yeah 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 i agree we could yeah we could talk about yeah eldering a bit more after the other stuff uh which is the yeah nvidia leak game list we can talk about again yeah so um god when did this leak even happen it was a long time ago it was like it's a good it's a good year and a half ago or something i'm guessing it was, no it wasn't a year and a half it was it was about seven to 
12 months ago, I guess. Like, I, yeah. I don't know the exact window. I have to go and look it up. Um, but basically, there was a leak from GeForce Now, and if people don't know what GeForce Now is, it's basically a streaming service where you can um, play any game from your uh, sort of Steam library. You can play it over the cloud. All you have to do is log in on GeForce Now, log in your Steam account, and then you can just play your games or whatever. Uh, however, there's also like a... There's a secondary um, service for GeForce Now, which is the same as Stadia and uh, other um, competition outlets, like uh, I think it's Luna, le, le, the one that Amazon have got. Anyway, doesn't matter. So basically what they do, they also rent their service to development teams so they can run their games um, during the pandemic, especially um, the so they can run their games on a server. So like if you wanted to test the game, and you're at home working from home, you can just stream the game directly to your PC and it's very private. Like it's just for the company. It's just for the people that are working on the game and that's it. Um, so you don't have to wait for builds. You don't have to download it. You don't have to upload it to your own computer and all that sort of stuff. It's very, very secure for them. However, there was a leak at um, GeForce Now where there was another developer that was able to access the list of all the games that were currently on that internal service um, all at once and they made a list and it was um, it was leaked out and so we got a lot of we got a lot of games in a list that we don't know if we we're ever going to see we were like ah you know like some of this stuff looks real but other like other stuff looks fishy like there's a lot of like crazy things in here which i'm not quite sure would ever come to light um, however as the months sort of tick by a lot of these games are getting verified which is bizarre really really strange that this sort of like this it's it's the biggest game leak ever sort of thing and like i don't know how like i'll i'll only use the um the ones that have been sort of verified as an example because i don't want to i don't want to ruin it for people especially if they're excited about e3 and stuff well not not e3 I didn't think about that um oh there's no e3 so we're not going to ruin anything that's so sad I okay so we'll, we'll just do a disclaimer we'll just do a disclaimer if you don't want to know about the leak then skip ahead skip ahead yeah. and hopefully we'll get around to putting in the timestamps. <laughs> sounds good yeah so there was to sort of give a, a grand overview i guess so there was leaks from sony microsoft square enix capcom take two ea bandai namco and then a bunch of other smaller people um i say smaller but there was obviously um people like sega atlas um wb games valve paradox and a few of them more as well. So there's a lot of publishers that were affected by this, and like only uh, and was there no no Ubisoft. Ironically. There was no Ubisoft because I, this is this is how I know probably that this is real um, is because Ubisoft don't use GeForce for their for that sort of thing. They use something completely different. And um, because like I know that anyway, it's sort of like I saw this list and I was like, the fact that there's that no Ubisoft on this list tells me it's real yeah. and the another thing has like come around in the recent months that sort of doubly confirms that and that's mostly the square enix list and that's the sort of thing that i want to focus on more than anything at the moment okay um so the square enix list as it stands right now uh, at, at the time that like this list originally came out said that there was going to be a Chrono, uh, Chrono Cross remaster farmance tactics remaster or tactics ogre they weren't too sure farmance 7 remake um, a Final Fantasy 9 remake, Final Fantasy 16 coming to PC later, um, a Tomb Raider game, um, an unannounced Square Enix game, and uh, Kingdom Hearts 4. That was the big one. 
because everyone was looking yeah. at Kingdom Hearts 4 like, really? That's a bit early. That's Yeah, this is probably fake. Um, however, um, on, I think it was Thursday or Friday, Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced. So yeah. people have started looking through this and now... And going, damn, this looks legit now. Yeah, yeah. the more uh, the more announcements that happen, the more it's like ticking it off. It's like, correct, correct, correct. Exactly. So, and this this has yeah. slowly been chipping away. So um, Chrono Cross Remaster got announced after this list was leaked and it has since come out. Like it came out like a couple of weeks ago. That's out. Um, the Fantasy uh, Tactics Remaster. I didn't know if it was Tactics. I think it was just on the actual like role okay, list. I think remaster. it just says um, Tactics. That was it. That's all it said. Oh. So people are making assumptions about is it Fantasy Tactics or is it Tactics Ogre? Um, the Tactics Ogre trademark just got um, put up in Japan. So that's it's looking more legit then. That's looking real. Um, the Final Fantasy 7 remake, we already knew that happened because I think that was just like the PC port or whatever. That was already out. Uh, the Final Fantasy 9 remake, which is my second favorite video game of all time, and this makes me extremely nervous that this is even a thing, but here it is. That is in the list, so we'll see if there's a Final Fantasy 9 remake. Uh, Final Fantasy is that, 16. Is that your favorite one? It's my, yeah, it's my favorite Final Fantasy, absolutely. But it's my second favorite time, game of all time after Eco. Like, yeah, it's, it's ah. up there. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, Tomb Raider game unannounced. Um, that twenty fifth anniversary, yeah, edition, which kind of yeah, that sounds legit. Like they do something for the twenty fifth, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's already gone by. I don't think they actually ended up doing anything with that. So oh, but that sort of speaks to this list anyway, because a lot of stuff on this list which might just get cancelled. It's all internal. Like yeah, none of it's been announced. Canned. Yeah, happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, uh, unannounced title by Square Enix could be could be like a Tomb Raider game on Unreal Engine announced. Just got announced last oh, week. Was it the the go karting thing? I'm not sure. No. Okay, God knows. Um, and then obviously after that was uh, Kingdom Hearts Four. Like so, that was the list of Square Enix. So there's all but two have been announced so far. Well, not announced, but like all but two have got evidence of existing. So that yeah sort of explodes out to absolutely everything else. Um, and there's a lot of games on this list, which you're sort of looking at. You're looking at Bioshock. Um, Bioshock 2022, yeah. Yeah, so there's that, um, which is heavily rumored to be working on. Um, Mirror's Edge RTX Remaster. Yes, please. I would take one of those. I would absolutely play that oh, game. Yeah. Mirror's Edge. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I would eat that up. That. So, uh, XCOM 3. XCOM 3. excited about that. Yeah, um, Titanfall 3. There's a lot of games on here. So if you are interested, like I would say this is probably mostly accurate at this point. Like a lot of these seem real. The fact that Ubisoft isn't on this list, the fact that um, like all these games are starting to get announced, there's going to be a couple in here that we will will absolutely not see the light of day. But that's just the that's the yeah. nature of the games industry and how that's it how games works. Work. So some will get canned, and it's just like no, do something else. Or we yeah, we need someone on something else. It's going to cost more money. Blah blah blah. Let's can this consolidate. People move over there, and now it's not existing anymore. Yeah, Gear Six. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. There's a lot of stuff, man. Um, There's Metal Gear remakes. Yeah, so two and three HD. So yeah, I mean we've already got those um, on the PlayStation Three, so it'd be good to see if we get those ah. onto the PlayStation Four or uh, the PlayStation Five or something. Maybe a PC version yeah. will come out. There's a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So if you are interested in this list, go and look through it. But if you're not and you want to be, um, I don't know, not sort of ruined by it, then by all means. Um, yeah, this 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 would be the end of the section where we're going to talk about spoilers anymore. But yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's super no fascinating. Now. Yeah, it's really it's really fascinating to see this sort of size of a leak come about because it, it that's not from Ubisoft for starters, right? 
<laughs> that's fair. That that was that was that was a clean shot. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's probably the worst sort of leak out of the games industry I've ever seen. I guess, and the fact that it's now yeah, getting verified. Just the sheer volume of games. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. What uh, sort of? Can you imagine if you're in the games industry and that's the sort of like your mess to clean up? How do you? How do you clean that up? Do you go, oh, we've got to have some sort of technical safeguarding put in place or have we just got to fire the person that leaked it or like, again, is there an email go out to everyone's like, please don't share this list, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It spoils it for everyone. I mean, th it's, it's this is, other. yeah, this is a mess up from no individual person other than the leaker, obviously, but this is a mess up from um, GeForce, basically. NVIDIA uh, messed up big time. Like the fact that they didn't have a secure enough system so that people could also see you know, like other games that other developers are working on. And like if indie Joe Blow is working on a game and he's just like, oh, cool, look at all these games that are coming out. I'm just going to tell the world. So they, and, mm. and like there's nothing stopping them from doing that because they haven't signed an NDA. That's the thing. Like they're not signing yeah. an NDA with GeForce to say, hey, I can't leak anything that I see from other oh, people's see. projects. Like I can absolutely like sign an NDA with GeForce to say, okay, I'm not going to leak any of the technology that you guys have got or that we're using with you. But like, if you see another project that someone else is working on, like, uh, do you have any legal right to not, like, to be able to be blocked from expressing that? It's like, probably not. Like, they were they probably might. in their right completely to, uh, like, is it say not this in stuff the terms, out. agreements to share non-authorized information? I guess, but that would be a vague thing, and that would only be... It'd be very vague, very difficult to... Um, it would yeah. be, but I think it would only be to the GeForce platform as well. So, like, they're not leaking anything from... GeForce or NVIDIA or anything like that. This is to do with other projects that NVIDIA, like the that they're just using GeForce now. So it's kind of like if you like were making a game for PlayStation 5 and, and PlayStation, like you don't sign an NDA saying you're not allowed to leak any of the games that are on our platform. Like that's not in the NDA. It's very much like you can't just, you just can't leak anything documentation wise for our actual platform. That's all. Um, so it's, yeah. it's very specific to the platform. It's not really... Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Like this thing is really weird, and it's such a strange, strange sort of expose on the industry and how like crazy it all is. But you know, nuts. Hopefully, it doesn't happen again because that sucks. Yeah, I don't know. Is is this is this entertaining? Does it damage the games industry? Could it affect uh, what does get canned or what doesn't? Um, is this going to affect how? companies put stuff onto platforms like what's what is this or is this just something that happens people talk about it it's entertaining we get to find out the games does it spoil the surprise i don't know i, I don't know how i feel about whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing like we're talking about it and i'm having fun talking about sure. it sure um i know it's not what the companies would want because i understand on that point of view confidence in keeping things held back is you know because of money and shareholders and all this blah 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 mm. stuff especially if they can it and then upset people because yeah if, if they can stuff and people get upset then that's not good like should i be guilty that we're talking about this like <laughs> no i mean how, how am i supposed to feel then it's Tell a me. it's a very it's a very strange period that we're in at the moment because the reason why ndas used to be in place and they still are to in most part but it used to be a lot more important like games didn't get leaked because the the pool was a lot smaller there was a lot less people playing games and all that sort of stuff so it was really important that we keep tight lip on absolutely everything until it's the exact right time to announce these things 
um, because like you obviously want to maximize impact when you do announce something or you do show a trailer at um, a gaming convention and you show the game for the first time and everyone's like whoa look at that i'm gonna go pre-order that right now click and then they get like money from that because they're generating revenue it's really important that we keep that tight-lipped um nowadays i don't know if that's true that much anymore because that has sort of been it's been diluted but it's also we've got a lot more people in the pool now so it's kind of like should we be a little bit more open about when games are in production like early on um, I absolutely agree. We shouldn't be leaking anything like market material wise. Like you shouldn't be showing screenshots yeah. or you shouldn't be showing like trailers and stuff, trailers, yeah. things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like those things should not be leaking out. Like that's cause that's damaging because people see a game in early production and they're looking at it and being like, Oh, that's what it's going to be final. And it might even mm. get worse. It might get better. And like, you're still skewing that original sort of, you know, that original sort of introduction to the game, which is yeah. dangerous. So that, that I've part, seen stuff. I've seen stuff that I've looked uh, that's been great and then i've seen the final product and i've gone oh they really yeah they have to pull it down uh, yeah they really pull back those uh those textures that looks terrible yeah, yeah. it's because they, terrible, they, but, they get it into the yeah. game and they're like wow this is running like garbage it looks amazing mm. but it runs at 20 yeah. fps we need to like tighten this up and like, maybe shrink the atlases down for the texture and stuff and then like yeah. less draw calls all this sort of like technical stuff and then yeah. it's like, okay, now it's at 30, it's locked, done. Yeah, when you're just looking at an asset in isolation, just with some like three-point lighting, mm. and you're just going, and, and as a, like an old, old 3D modeler, I'm just like drawing over and going, this is delicious, like right. more please, nom, nom, nom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you see the game and it's just like, nah, and the game wasn't even that good. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like- I'm not going to name names though, but yeah, people might be able to guess okay. well some people know what, to, what i'm talking about if they listen to the podcast. yeah of course <laughs> but i mean like the, but when it comes to these sort of lists or like if a publisher came out and said yep we're working on a metal gear solid remake or something like that they just said that people are like wow that's exciting that's cool i can't yeah, wait to see it great and people could talk about it yeah. and yeah get but, excited and nostalgia and it might bump up the sales figures of like the old games people getting ready but you know that would be years because it takes years to make a video game that's years of too much hype yeah. like when the marketing trade hasn't that, got i mean that's that's the counter argument to all of this right is the whole like the the hype cycle and the hype train and stuff and people get off the hype train all the time and, and like if, if you announce these things too early then gamers are a bit too clued into this sometimes where they're kind of like, well, you announced this game two and a half years ago. Where is it? Sort of thing. And they get this sort of weird attitude about like when things should hit and then how long a game should take, even though they're not in the industry, they have no clue. They have got no clue about production or how any of this works, but they've got this feeling about what Indo should be clock. happening. Right. Yeah. They've yeah. got like, they've got this internal clock, right. Of just like when stuff should be happening. And yeah. it's like if if you're too late or too early or for whatever reason, then it's it's a problem. So it's it's very yeah. much yeah, gamers are strange creatures in that respect. So I sort of see the reason why stuff is kept under NDA, but at the same time, like we probably can soften on that a little bit in some cases. I think just announcing what you're working on. I yeah. think that could have more potential benefits as well, because especially because higher up it's a leaky ship anyway, and people know what people are working on. Right. Um I, I think that there'll be no damage done for um actually if anything i think it could be good for everyone involved if companies just say hey we're working on this game we don't have a name yet but it's like this or working on a sequel left you know x y and z because mm. then there'll be transparency about what each individual studio is working on and there'll be no toxic hopefully it'll put an end to more toxic videos of 
when when like fanboys go this company must be making this game because they're not doing this and they haven't done this and then yeah. they come up with the wrong wrong conclusion and they get you know they get you know views off of a guess that's bad and informed yeah i think you're right like in terms of just transparency it's probably a, it would be a good thing and there is actual examples of this like we're looking at um the elder scrolls um six like the fact that that was announced like two years ago and like really that game's probably not going to be out for another four or something that's just uh that's the blunt sort of truth to it but bethesda yeah. like for i don't know like the whole bethesda thing is weird anyway because they absolutely probably came out to sort of try and boost up their sales so like they can get more money from the microsoft acquisition um but yeah. the fact that bethesda sort of came out in the first year of e3 and just said this is everything that we're working on it's not gonna be out for a long time but this is everything that we're working on they were very yeah. transparent about that and now like they don't have to worry about leaks or anything like that because like oh yeah we heard this about the elder scrolls 6 and bethesda are like yeah we're absolutely working on it so what get over it so sort of and that sort of yeah. like transparency like it's actually a really good thing sometimes in this case hmm. so like it wouldn't yeah this this might be a wake-up call to these companies to say you know what if the lists like this are just going to leak anyway we might as well just pull out like a logo and say yeah we're working on this it's going to be a while before we show anything of it but please be excited when it does come along you know but it's yeah. kind of when we're ready for marketing yeah we'll let you know yeah when we're ready to market it yeah we'll let you know yeah and it stops stops people drawing wrong conclusions about what they might be working on or like people get into you know the hate spiral as well when they get in their heads that a company isn't making a sequel to a game and they hate that and it's like there's no reason for you to get upset firstly but secondly if that could be alleviated by the company going yes we definitely are or yes or no we definitely aren't yeah. then at least people can have that closure as well yeah say, saying you know, that they're not working on something is just as important as they are working on something sometimes um because like you're right like in terms of like these hate spirals that people are in and it's getting worse and it will get worse it'll just continue to grow um as as more and more people in the middle that just don't adhere to any of this are sort of quiet about this um but it's just like the more the more we can squash that out the better especially until the games industry is taken a little bit more seriously and more people look at us yeah. like we're an actual industry um because that'll be nice one day but like until then we have to deal with the idiots on twitter that are just like team sony and team xbox and like oh nintendo is the best and it's like would you people just go away like seriously like you don't like there's no real reason why like you have to act like yeah. this like we're the games industry is huge and it's massive and it's growing like and we need to be taken seriously so if you can join the party that'd be great until then shut up like sort of thing so that's a good segue to what i was actually watching on the weekend in terms of what we were coming to play go for it um i was watching i was watching alan pierce play the first like hour and a bit of kirby and she brought this up she was like people keep calling me like there's been blogs there's been like podcasts there's been articles <laughs> about how she is a sony pony and an like an expert like both like there are podcast right. articles and yep. interviews and stuff that claim that she's both, both. of those things yep. and she goes but no one knows that i'm actually totally like um nintendo fangirl. i'm into nintendo fangirl like yeah. because she just loves kirby and she was just totally gushing over it um, right. it was really interesting to watch that perspective and the fact that she was like yeah no one like no one cares that i'm like i'm a nintendo fangirl and people think i'm a sony pony and an expert which is interesting but yeah watching i was watching kirby that's nuts it's a nuts game absolutely bananas but the more I watch it, the more it just looked like it turns into Mario. Yeah, um, that, I, I had that fear. Like it kind of looked, because it gave me a lot of Mario Odyssey vibes, which is not a bad thing because that's an incredible yeah. game. Like it was one, it's one of my favorite Switch games, if not my favorite Switch game. So yeah, yeah that's, is that a good thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> 
it looked fun and you know the characters looked interesting the 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 changing up the mechanics was really fresh uh and um like really constant uh so obviously the first hour is onboarding but you but it's quicker onboarding the mario odyssey um in terms of mechanics and stuff so in the first hour of mario galaxy you don't get as many things that you can do but with kirby it's just like bam 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 new thing new thing new thing yeah um i think that the gameplay loop is slightly a bit easier than mario galaxy uh because the camera is a bit more uh tailored to what's happening yeah um but it looked really interesting and yeah you swallow the car within like 15 minutes and there's like a little musical what do you do with about, that like can you drive around as kirby and stuff you or can is... drive around okay. and you can go with jumps what all right and you can go fast all right the more the more like more press matter i guess what about the vending machine when you like you swallow a vending machine what the hell do you do with that uh that means you can like i think you can trample on things like you can jump and then smash down and you can be a cone and you can like open up cracks in the ground yeah, I'm super interested uh, yeah. in this game. But and you get a Link hat in like the first 10 minutes as course. well. So of course you do. Walking around with a Link hat yeah. and a sword. It's just like, so is this just Zelda? And then I was like, wait, is this just Mario Galaxy? Yeah, it's, it's, Kirby, it's just Mario. unapologetically Nintendo in every in every. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then that's it. I was like, no, they're just, it's the Nintendo formula. And they're just sure. like showcasing their best work. And it's just like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, yeah, the characters are all the same, but they're all different and they're all cute and they're all interesting and unique and the animations are you know captivating and they they keep you watching and they keep you interested and the sound effects are same but they're all different and it's new and it's yeah it's the same but different and that's what you want isn't it in isn't that, yeah isn't that a nintendo same, like in, in in a nutshell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of my like sort of problems I guess with nintendo in general is like I wish they did more stuff like not in addition to like all this sort of stuff because I, I love this stuff like i love like what kirby's doing i love what like mario odyssey did and all that sort of stuff it's great but in addition like i wish like nintendo would just open a couple of studios and just be like all right you guys work on new ip yeah go, go. off and do something you know, yeah 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 come up with some see stuff i could come up with that's on their own ip i agree right, but, but yeah in, in terms of the actual aesthetics it was just like the city level of mario mm. uh, mario galaxy odyssey except there was grass grown out stuff yeah which is a good and bad and thing yeah so yeah it was as odd as when you first find what them, happened like, in mario right. galaxy <laughs> what happened in kirby yeah. for the world you, to end you get sucked into a portal and then it's like the lost <laughs> kingdom or something yeah but the reasons to which you get sucked into this portal is is is, is unknown um and and who cares yeah it's kirby, and that brings right. me on to mario galaxy mario odyssey yeah i finished that oh, okay my boy there you go on the weekend yeah the ending is so bizarre right <laughs> so odd and a little bit sexist as well oh, and then you mean a little the, the bit song empowering. number or well there was the song which came at the weirdest place like yeah. like not quite the end but near the end right and it's like the day you mon oh well, this is right. weird the, the like, climax this is of the just, movie. yeah the climax yeah the climax at the end of the game where the song comes in it's just like eh? <laughs> what who's who 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 was playtesting it do you know what like we're ramping up the intensity. It's getting towards the end of the game. Let's just have like a catchy pop song like halfway through the climax of the game. Sure, why not, Yeah, right? that sounds great. Yeah, yeah I'll work cool. on that Dope. pop song. <laughs> and then like Bowser getting upset that Peach didn't want to marry him. And then Mario comforting Bowser. I was like, what? Yeah. That, like that wouldn't fly in a Western studio. No, and, like, I, did, I, I find this fascinating more than anything is like the whole, uh, the whole conversation around sexism in the games yeah. industry and how it's like sort of 
we we've sort of honed in as an industry on like people like Sony and like Microsoft and we ignore Nintendo in a lot of these conversations yeah. because oh it's just cute Nintendo they're just doing that even though they're working on kids game that influences these ideas more than anyone else like kids aren't playing yeah. God of War they're playing no. they're playing like the new Kirby game or the new uh, Mario Odyssey no. or whatever that's the games they're playing and solidifying they don't care these about ideas Cortana. yeah they don't Hilarious. care about Cortana. who cares really strange but but Harrison was watching Bowser get upset that Mario rescued Princess Peach and then he cried because Peach rejected both of them. Yep. And that was just like... It's very I was strange. Just so confused. And I was glued to the screen. Harrison was not really that bothered. He was a kind of like interested, kind of not. He was happy that we completed the game. Mm. The cutscenes weren't really his thing. But I was paying attention and I was like... It's dangerous. Mm, yeah, that's, it's weird, don't right? Know. Like the whole... Like, and you look through all of the games, the fact that, you know, Zelda is constantly getting saved by um, by Link and stuff like this. I'll yeah. save the princess. She's helpless and the damsel in distress. Like these yeah. ideas that we're constantly like perpetuating out. It's sort of like the, I mean, I don't adhere to much of that anyway. Like I'm not, I'm not suggesting that like we should do one or the other, but the conversation around those is very, very like the juxtaposition of them, of us like constantly being very hyper aware of AAA games and how, how um how considerate we need to be for all these different people and all these different movements and things like this and i absolutely agree mm. with that but the fact that nintendo sort of gets to stay out of that conversation because they're just cute fluffy nintendo is very they get bizarre get out jail free card it's very it got strange through the peggy it got through the, the you know the peggy rating in the uk so suitable for like all audiences mm. i didn't check like if it says <clears throat> mild sexism or like chauvinistic, <laughs> right? <laughs> like chauvinistic Bowser or anything like that. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I mean, um, I, I personally don't like mind that much that you know we have like damsel in distress like storylines and all that sort of stuff yeah. because there's absolutely like both sides to that as well. Like we've got other characters like Samus that sort of you know bounce that out in Metroid and stuff. Empowering, very character. empowering. Sure. Yeah. So like I, I don't adhere to it too much, but the. The outrage machine that is online and stuff, and and a lot of it is um, obviously um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like justified, right? So like they're allowed. Yeah. Like it's it, these are good conversations to have, especially with people like yourself who have got kids that are playing this sort of stuff, and you don't want to hmm. plant these seeds into their head of like, yeah, you just need to you need to save the woman and and she'll marry you, sort of thing. Yeah, like that, or reject you and then go on holiday, right? <laughs> And then you feel butthurt and it's just like, what sort of lesson? What's the lesson, what's the right. lesson here? Like, yeah, yeah. Are you supposed to save the princess and then not get upset if she rejects you? Like, shouldn't feel like obliged that anything should happen after that anyway, but isn't Peach your girlfriend yeah. going? Like, wasn't she like supposed most, to be your girlfriend? Most Mario games, if you think about it, like, oh, we should, you know, we should like not put sexism in our games and then like you play most Mario they games and it's just, it's literally Bowser kidnapping the princess because he wants to marry her. And it's yeah. like, that is dark, man. If you think about it, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, so dark. And he employs people to like defend his kidnap and yeah. conquest. And yeah. then at the end of the day, like he gets into no real trouble for it. He just like, it's just him and Mario are high five and uh, by the end of the game, like in every yeah. game as well, sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's like, don't kidnap I mean, people. it's not That's great. Wrong. High five. Yeah, it's not great, but it's sort of like this. The conversation is very they interesting. Uh, they get away with it i don't understand i don't understand how maybe it's just be well I, again like i could never think of that i could that that thought could never come into my mind yeah. i don't know why maybe it's just because i'm western sure. i don't know maybe it's like an eastern yeah a lot thing, i mean a lot think, of yeah, this is cool yeah a lot of this is to do with the fact that japan is kind of conservative and about 
I'd say about 30 years behind the West. Not like in technology or like that. Like they, they have a very good way of life and all that sort of stuff. It's a first world country, obviously. But in terms of like how they view um, women in the world and things like this, they're very far behind in that respect. Like like there's still like the, the housewife culture is, is very big in Japan, which is not necessarily a bad thing, like or a good thing either. It's 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 like all subjects, it's a very gray area. Like a lot of Japanese women probably like being housewives. Like I, I don't know, but there's a lot of them that don't. So like there's the conversation absolutely needs to be had. But then a mm. lot of these ideas and thoughts sort of like filter into their products, which we get through the form of like Nintendo and Studio Ghibli movies and stuff like this. And it's like, okay, why yeah. is that? And then Westerners are looking at this like, okay, why is that? Why is that person like a housewife and why is she wearing an apron as a housewife? Does she have a uniform as a housewife? And like we we have these questions which don't really make sense to us as Westerners, but to the Japanese, it's it's very, very normal and commonplace. But like where is the line there and like what should we how should we import that? You know, there's it's a very, very gray area, which I don't have an opinion on either way. It's just mm. yeah, it's it's a very strange, bizarre conversation, especially when it comes to video games more than anything. It's yeah. just and especially with Princess Peach, like back in the day when she was con- like conceived as an idea, it was just pixels on a screen and it's just like yeah. what's the base character that I can have? Like an interesting female thing to want to have is a princess, but mm-hmm. like no one sat down and hours worked. I was like, so is Maria married to Peach? Therefore, is he king? And like, why isn't she queen? Like, why is she ruling? She ruling over the kingdom? Like, yeah. Then that whole like stuff comes what into are, it. And what are like, the poli- what are the game. geopolitics in the Mario games? Yeah, you know, in the like, Mario universe, right. especially because it's like interdimensional as well. So where does the where does the hierarchy start and end? Does it like end <laughs> at the dimensions? Does it end at the like the world? Yeah, this is, is this it, is, is it this where is where it gets like it's sort of you know um which cancels itself out almost like if because we can talk about sexism in mario games but then at the same time bowser is walking around as this big half turtle half like dinosaur thing like we don't have those in real life should we yeah. really be like taking his lessons does it, and applying it, it to reality yeah. so there's a lot of like that, yeah. that's where the gray area is right but it, it is strange that they do just get the free pass writ large on a lot of this stuff they, they get a lot yeah. of free passes everywhere. That's that's a lot of my problem with the games industry. Um, like yeah. journalism-wise as well, is how I've many free passes about, they got. I was surprised about, I've not heard about the ending. Like that it's, I, to, me it's contro- it's, to me it's controversial and it's yeah. worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, of course. But all I've heard of Mario uh, Odyssey is just praise. And I was totally on board with all the praise up until that last little bit. And I was just like, yeah, something weird's going on. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know if I like it, but... It wasn't a satisfying ending. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I get that. And yeah, the, uh, Nintendo got a lot of free passes, like microtransactions. They get free passes on that. They get, you know, they get free passes on DLC, like their online services are very, very subpar that they need updating, but people yeah. pay hand over fist for them. It, there's a lot of weird, like the, the conversation around yeah. sexism, the conversation around um, workplace ethics, like is a huge thing which Nintendo get away with. Um, and yeah. what people don't talk about a lot because there's a lot of stuff going on in Japan which are way, way worse than stuff that's happening at Activision, Blizzard, and Ubisoft. Way worse. And, like, nobody talks about it. And it's and no one cares if you're a, if you're a Nintendo fanboy or fangirl. Like, exactly. No one cares. There's no, like, people don't care. But people really care if you're Sony or, or Xbox, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. It's like... Very strange, indeed. If you're going to be upset about one or the other be upset about all of them sure yeah it shouldn't this but it's yeah i mean it comes back to that age-old argument which i have which is like i don't mind people having opinions just be consistent 
you know, like that's that's literally all I ask is if you if you are consistent in your opinions across the board on all of this sort of stuff in the games industry, if you've got a wacky opinion about PlayStation and you're a huge Xbox fan, if Xbox turn around and do that, you need to be consistent about that. Otherwise, you're just a hypocrite and you're just you're basically just shilling out for companies at that point in which like you've got to question your position in the industry at that point and be like, okay, what am I actually trying to achieve with this? Why am I shilling out for this thing when I don't really gain anything either way? And all like it's, yeah, it's, it's endless, man. Just, just be consistent mm. people. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so what have you been playing? You've been playing Elden Ring. I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Too much Elden Ring. I saw, I saw you get pwned when you were trying to sneak around the That outside. guy can get a job oh i was not happy about that and i was on the way get to get job. stop being like a monster like get a job <laughs> right it's 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 like the old insult that i come back to all the time but yeah i was like just a th that that video actually gives like a good context to like sort of my experience with this game but like i died as you do in Elden ring and I was on the way back to go and retrieve my souls and I had like 60,000 of them, which is which like a level's worth at that time. And I was like, all right, cool. I need to go back and get that. So I'm going to sneak past this guy and get him. So there was like this, it's basically this room, which is a circular room, which the guy was walking through. And I was like, okay, if I go on the outside of the wall of the room, which is like on the cliff and edge, like I was like, I was shuffling around the side of the building and he was walking through the room, but he clocked me just before like I was going around the edge. So I am on the outside of the building. He's on the inside of the building and he swings his sword through the wall and it clips me and hits me and it knocks me off the building. And I died yeah. and I lost all my souls. And I was just there like, this is- This game is broken. This game yeah. is screwed. Like it's, and, uh, and it's those sort of things where the game feels like a game from 10 years ago. Um, not in a good yeah. way. Um, Hitboxes, like hitboxes, are awful in this game. We've got the technology; we know how to make sure swords don't go through walls. Certain hitboxes, yeah, and that happens all the time. Like whenever I'm fighting a boss, like if they've got like a thrust move of their sword, like the amount of times that I've seen swords come through pillars and just clock me right in the in in the chops. I'm just like, yeah, great, awesome, thanks, appreciate that. Yep, sweet. If only that wall worked, that would have been great. You know, yeah, it's you know because I can't roll through them, but you can stab through them. That's that's fair. That's cool. You know, so yeah, it just, it just it breaks that immersion, me. doesn't it? It breaks that. Yeah, it breaks that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of that, and yeah, I, and I've seen like yeah, like dragons come flying through the sky <laughs> and like fly through buildings <laughs> and things and like yeah, take you out, take you out. But everything else is pristine, and it's just like okay, yeah, fine, dragon. Yeah, but saying that, like outside, obviously there is stuff like that. This and this is the part that's weird about it, I guess, which is the game but it's still fun. Yeah, the game, like I've I've put a hundred hours into it, right? So like it's it's ah. it has to be fun. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's it is an absolutely fantastic game, but it does have its flaws, which you know isn't mentioned enough in that. You know, like it, the game doesn't look graphically as impressive as something like Bloodborne because it is an open world. Um, and for a PlayStation 5 game, it runs like absolute garbage. Like I think it averages at like 40 FPS when it's an unlocked frame rate for 60. So it just constantly goes back and forth. Technically, the game is all over the place in that respect. Um, the hitboxes, as I mentioned, really, really bad. Okay. Um, some of the um, design choices that they've made in this game are just like super archaic and there's no real reason why they need to be there other than the fact that that's just the souls How formula they've been written by yeah yeah but saying that outside of all of that there is something about the game that locks you in and you're just like all right i absolutely can't stop playing it now which is mm. 
yeah, there's something to be said for that, and that's that's where the praise yeah. sort of kicks in for it. And it's you know the the world, despite its flaws, it's still endearing and yeah. still yeah. The world is is really intriguing. It's diverse. It's massive. Like the enemies are super interesting. Like to fight. Um, but outside of the technical issues of like the camera issues and stuff, which I mentioned last week as well. Um, yeah, all of that sort of like the technical side though. There's the just the actual world itself just draws you in, and I think there's they've figured out the loop of souls within or an open world, which really works in the respect that you know you aren't just like retracing your steps over and over again. You're constantly moving forward, which that sounds like a vague sort of subject, but like if you've ever played something like Bloodborne, if you die, then you have to retrace you're your steps. You're bottlenecked yeah. and you have to like pretty much do exactly what you've just done just to get back to the place that you've just been. Um, yeah. A lot of that is cut out in Elden Ring for the better, like way better because they, mm-hmm. where they put the points of grace or like the, the fire spots, like the place, the checkpoints basically, where they put those, yep. they're a lot smarter about where they put those, like closer to places where you're more, more likely to die, things yeah. like this. So like, you're, it's a lot less busy work and it's a lot less like retracing your steps. And it's like that streamline, like that affects the flow of everything more than anything else in the game. Like, and not just the open worldness, like a lot of people are talking about like, oh, it's great because of the open world. A lot of the reason why this game is great is not because it's that vastly different to any of the Souls games. It's just they've streamlined a lot of things which help it immensely. Like the flow of of staying in the game is Mm. alleviated a lot because you're not constantly retracing your steps. You're just... You're in the moment. Like if you die at a boss, like the point of grace is just before it or the the Statue of Medica or whatever the hell they're called, like the checkpoint is just before it. It's like, all right, cool. You got me that time. I'm going to go straight back in there and fight him again. I'm going to figure it out this time. So that retry loop is just, it's it's really snappy. They're not, they're still not, I've heard criticism to say that they're still not better. Like there was the escapist, uh, escapist? Yeah. review was like had to bonk three people on the head with like a rolled up newspaper before he could then get to the boss who he stabbed and then right. his boss was the boss that like came and smashed him to oblivion yeah. but he still had to bonk the three people on the head with the newspaper and they they found that like frustrating so that still exists so yeah there's like still there's still soulsian there's still like soulsian like mindsets behind some of these things and there's definitely some areas yeah. in the game which absolutely reverts back to that soul's mentality of like retracing your steps like in some areas there's just no point to grace all statues of medica so you can't like respawn anywhere sort of thing and it's yeah. just that like and you get into that pattern and when you do hit those places where you are retracing your steps or you are fighting a boss where you have to go through like a couple of phases first things like this mm. like that old souls and stuff it's just like yeah i really i like now i fully understand why people hate souls games and why people are liking this game and the the, yeah criticisms were were justified and they've kind of addressed them not in a not in any way that most people would think of doing which is like add a add a easy mode or like yeah yeah. and that and and to sort of speak to that more than anything like it is balancing you're right and it's Mm. it's very much down to the fact that um people like this game is not easier in any way like they've actually made the bosses harder and because they've made the bosses harder they can make it easier on the other end by like, okay, we'll just put the point of grace closer to the boss, but we'll make the boss harder. So it's as difficult. Yeah. So it's easier in some ways, but harder in others. Like the open world and is way easier. And give people the option to, yeah, grind elsewhere and then come back, uh, which you never had in before. So in that respect, it's, it's unique. It's it, Those criticisms and reasons that you like that game 
is similar to why I'm liking Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. For similar reasons. Like, what? I, but it's not difficulty which I find annoying with Horizon. It's the constant talking. It's the... Um, what you've got a, I mean, I'm like a dragon's come around the corner or like a big dinosaur. And I've got to like go, what traps have I got? And I'm just clicking left and left and left. And I'm like searching through what traps aren't available and which traps are available. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I need a health potion. Click, click, click. Oh, a small health potion. I don't have any. Why is it on my freaking menu system? Like yeah. it's taken me out of that. Uh, it's taken me out of that. So then if I get bored of that, I can just go and do something else. I can just go to a cauldron and then just have a different experience mm. where I'm complaining about her giving me too many uh, prompts. Uh, I did find a cauldron which was ha- which she told me things when I wanted to hear them, which was which was nice. nice. That there's at least one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- that's similar to like why I'm liking this open world game. But for like similar reasons, but different. Like the things I find frustrating, I can go and do something else and then come back. Or like I want to collect some armor. I want to go and do some like. Um, I, oh, I've got unlocked this underwater bit. I was going to come back here when I when I did have the aqualung or whatever. Now I've got it. Now I can do that because of, I'm bored of cycle, cycling through endless menus that don't exist to try and blow up this dinosaur. Or like. One dinosaur killed me like four or five times, and I was like, oh, "I just need to come back." And you know, and I, and I had that option to There's do. There's a that. lot of that in Souls um, as well, in, um, in Elden Ring as well, where you're just you you get into this cycle of like, "All right, this thing is rinsing me. I cannot even get quarter of its health down. Like, I'm going to come back in an hour." And you forget about it because you're like that's that's the beauty of There's the thing. So much more shiny new things. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like I think go- they're more alike than people think. Yeah, a good, a good example of it was um, I went. To, I went to go and speak to this witch called Rani, and I was just like, "All right, cool." Like she's like, "Oh yeah, just go down and meet this guy in this in this lower level of the world, and uh, and he'll give you the mission there." And I went down there, and it was like, "All right, cool." And it went underground, and like a quarter of the map opened up, but underground. And I was like, "Where the hell did all this come from?" And then I got to the end of that bit and the underground bit, and then I tell it teleported me to another underground bit. It's somewhere else in the world, which opened up even more. And that it got to the end of that, and then I got to a third one, and I ended up staying in the underground bit, quote unquote, for like nine hours. I was like, "This is ridiculous!" <laughs> and then by the time it's I come out of it, I, I gained like twenty levels or something. Came out of it, and I'm just like, got all this new armor and stuff. Like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go and fight that guy now that I tried to leave for half an hour. I'd yeah. like you take him out in a couple of hits. Nine hours later, you right. come back. Yeah, and it's just like Jesus. Like you've been training, you know, and it's just it's really funny, but. <laughs> Gains, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm back, bitch. And it's just like there's a load of um, there's a load of messages left on the floor by um, like players all the time. They're just and a lot of them just say revenge, you know, sort of thing because they've <laughs> they've come back or whatever. Yeah, really funny. But yeah, I mean, fantastic game. Um, everyone should check it out at least. Um, do I think it's a mm. 97? Nope. I think it's about a 90. I would say like it's absolutely like a nine out of ten game. It's yeah. not a 97. Technical issues, um, yeah. archaic um, sort of game mechanics needs fixing. Not fixing, but it needs sort of addressing. Um, and people should be a bit more open about that because if we're holding games like Cyberpunk accountable because of their mechanics and their um, their technical issues, then we should absolutely do that for Elden Ring. It's just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. We, we sort of gave it a free got, pass. It's like we said, got to be consistent. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Horizon, yeah, I'm liking it for what... It, it does what I liked about the first game well. Sweet. It, the story's got me enough that I'm invested and there are some bits that are pleasing and that's enough. And I wasn't expecting, you know, a better game than the first one. Mm. And uh, in some ways it is, in some ways it isn't. Um, 
but it's enough to, for me to go, yeah, this is a good game. And I think it's like eight. I think it's like seven, eight out of ten. Yeah, I, I do want to go back to it. I mean, it's it's. I sort of after I got the uh, the water snorkel thing and after the Nevada mission, um, or the LA mission or whatever it is the Vegas. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, after I did the have Vegas mission. To, have you been to um, San Francisco yet? I just got there, I think. So I just I it's finished that so mission. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. That's just like... It's oh. annoying I how beautiful that game is saying, because I want to play it. People keep saying, oh, it's great. And what was, the, uh, what was the escapist thing? He goes, yeah, people keep saying that Horizon uh, is a really good, really pretty fit, like game. And people keep saying that Elden Ring is a really pretty game. And his, like, his response to that is, maybe don't play a subpar game. Just press your fingers against your eyes because there's some pretty colors that you can get for free. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I was like, it's a good point. But people are invested in pushing the boundaries of what video games could look like. And they always have and they always will. Mm. Like, I remember talking about, like, Laura Croft's pointy boobs because they could get points on her boobs instead of a flat square boob. Yeah. And then, like, when her ponytail would move and then people just lost their lost their minds, people always will. Like, the game was, the, the game was better um, as, as the games went on. Mm. But that's because technology and visuals is just part of that, isn't it? Just part parcel of video games, I think. No, yeah, I mean, we can't, like, I... I, I always dislike those people that are sort of disingenuous about that. Like, oh, you know, gameplay is king and all that sort of stuff. They say stuff like this. And it's like, yeah, that's all good and well. But at the end of the day, what really sells a game is how it looks a lot of the time. And You don't play in like black and white blobs. Yeah, we're, we're not playing text adventures, people. Play. There's a good reason for that. There's a reason why we don't play those games anymore. It's because they're bad to look at. You know, like just looking at blank text sort of thing is not fun. And, you know, is... You know, is Elden Ring better than Demon Souls? Like, yes. Why? Because mm. Elden Ring probably looks better, and that's why it's selling a lot better. Is because it just it, it looks cooler and stuff. Um, obviously, not the only reason. I'm not going to be that ignorant about it. But you know, it, like people that ignore that and say, you know, the only thing that's important is gameplay and story and stuff. Like the last thing we should look at is graphics and things like that. I think it's sort of a cop out. I think people are being disingenuous when they say stuff like that. And and games like Horizon Forbidden West is an ex an absolute example of like how amazing a game can look and it still has problems with its gameplay and that's why it sort of gets elevated out the facial animation in um uh, forbidden west is just unprecedented like it's it's literally the top of its game i don't think i've seen anything like it there's some there's some characters that you talk to and they just look real like the the uncanny yeah. valley is sort of getting they really pop blurred off the screen yeah and you just like the way like their twitches or like the how they look around and stuff they, the capture animation it's just incredible like the work that mm. them guys are doing over the guys and girls are just it, it's it's amazing like i just can't fathom how they're achieving that sort of thing and then we look at games like Elden ring which you know the art direction is fantastic and it's beautiful to look at like the all that sort of stuff but graphically it's not it's not on the same level as something like Forbidden West. It's just not like um, we have to be sort of blunt about that. And yeah, it, yeah. it's it's sort of nuts. But yeah, people spend money on uh, things for the senses. So yeah, sound, sight, taste, smell. People spend money on these things. Yeah, tra trailer, trailers, trailers, and screenshots sell these things. So like the better they make it look, the the better the better it'll sell. Yeah, I'm a lot of my gameplay. Uh, is 
based on how many interesting swirly images can I distract people from not thinking this is a really well-designed level? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 totally I'm fully aware it. of that. Like, it's, it's kind of like that in my game as well. Like, the, the people are, when you put your grass in, people yeah. lost, their, lost their minds. I put grass in and then there was the zombie animation that was like climbing at the fence with the, the fence moving. That was it. That's all it's all. Like, nobody actually knows what the gameplay is. No one really cares. They just looked at that and like, that looks nice. Click. And, so, and that's, that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. No. and enjoying that so their, their, their enjoyment is as legitimate as if it was displaying great gameplay right like you can't you can't say one's better than the other no. they're both important uh, yeah and people like them in different amounts and that's both are legit who's more likely to buy a game someone that likes the look of a pretty game yeah because you can market that easier than than a gameplay game yeah. like the game that's got really strong gameplay there's plenty of str games that have got strong gameplay elements that just look a bit garbage and they're no one cares yeah all the, like only a certain amount of people care instead of like i mean you look at things like Elden ring and it's yeah it sold 12 to 13 million copies in less than a month it's sort of like you understand why um because people are talking about it, it looks great like art direction wise and stuff but then you know like there's definitely other great games out there that don't look as impressively great i mean like i i always think back to things like thomas was alone an amazing incredible game but it's just a bunch of squares and if you don't play yeah. the game, then you don't get that. If you just look at that game as screenshots, yeah. it looks boring as hell. Like, what, what's with yeah. the squares? You see a trailer, it might sell it a little bit better with the voiceovers and stuff and, like, the, the effects, and you get the vibe from it. But, like, if you saw yeah. a screenshot of Thomas Was Alone, it's, a, it's very hard to sell from a screenshot. But on something like Horizon Forbidden West, nobody has to know what the gameplay is whatsoever. That could be a... I don't know, like an interactive novel for all you care. You just look at it like that looks amazing. And it's just that selling power is really important for these sorts of things. Mm. I don't know how we got yeah. into this conversation, but there it is. Who knows? Took some turns. Took some what, turns. What thumbnail's going to so, be. So you're, I know, right. Are you enjoy, so you're enjoying the game? I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yep. I'm enjoying it. Yep. Good. I mean, those things are frustrating and I'm aware of what they are. Um, so I can... I can limit that annoyance by just changing it up and keeping it fresh. The fact that it's so diverse and you know, and you can focus on one thing at a time and just go with what you what you fancy is actually I'm really I'm really enjoying that. Especially because I've got to eke out this video game because I've got no money. <laughs> uh, That's so, fair. So yeah. it's going to have to keep me sustained. Right. And I'm just glad that it's a you know an open world game that I can you know. And once I've completed the game, then I can go back and do all of the like the the whatever the game is the the game with the puzzle pieces and the strike or whatever they call it the board game that they have in the game oh Little mini game. yeah yeah i know what i mean yeah the, uh, with in, the, in her in the machines west, yeah. on a board yeah. yeah in forbidden west yeah so i can do that for a bit yeah, yeah it, can't, it can't it's fine like everything everything stemmed from a gwent in the witcher 3 and i don't think they'll ever that was that. a great game i love gwent it's, I, I probably like that game more than the actual game but yeah it's just <laughs> yeah such an incredible mini game uh, we need more mini games in games like i just that's that's a thing like we should just do that you know, like more mini game games, please. Full of mini games. Game, game of mini games. There you go. Mini game, make okay. mini game game. Mini, mini game game. That's hard to say. Maybe that's why um, uh, pop sock pop sock pop. That those I told you about it before. It's like the people in I can't remember what country it is. Uh, um, they make a game like every two weeks, and it's just a prototype. Oh so it's like yeah, you were telling me about this. Out, yeah, that comes out. That comes out twice twice a month sort yeah. of thing and they just release a new tiny little thing and people like keeps people sustained that's great on patreon yeah uh yeah so it's kind of tapping into that that kind of thing where people really love little mini experiences that are different yeah. and unique 
Yeah, and it, and it's yeah, you always stumble on new things in those as well. Like the whenever you see a game jam, there's always a new mechanic in there. It's like no one's thought of that. Yet. That looks incredible. So yeah, there there is yeah, something how to be far said they to can that. go. Sometimes their best form is <clears throat> minimalistic. Yeah. So like you can't, you know, extract and improve and add on to, uh, you know, the experience. Um, can be complete in two hours. Like you'll get the most out of it in two hours, like, right? And then it goes to four or five, seven hours. And you're just like, this is terrible. Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so uh, like most can... games are just like that, right? You're just trying to find the that sort of thirty seconds of fun, and then you have to find a repeatable format for that to extend it out. And it's just like yeah. after, like sometimes games are just like, yeah, maybe you should only repeat this out for an hour, and then it's done. Like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be pushing it past that. So it's mm. it's cool that people are embracing that at least because you can do a lot more interesting things within that half an hour space, uh, that bite-sized sort of game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we should uh, we should probably wrap this thing up. Um, it's been an hour and 20 minutes. So everyone, thank you very uh, much for joining us and uh, listening to our latest episode. You might see yeah, that... Yeah, I hope the... you like in the... Oops, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Go, go. I was going to say, I hope you like in the new camera. I've got my new... My I was about camera. to say, like, I hope, like, I hope the quality is coming through, because we are going to try and make a concerted effort on... Um, trying to lift up the quality of the episodes i guess like audio wise and video wise like i'm probably going to invest in a new camera soon just so i can match chris's nice pristine nice new look look at him go with his slr hopefully i can find one that you know doesn't look like a bag of noise um but yeah we'll we'll get there hopefully the audio version if you are an audio listener sounds a lot better i think it's going to improve a lot um but yeah we'll, we'll try and make more effort for the um podcast anyway because we're like we're heading towards 400 subscribers on youtube now um by the end of this sort of year, I don't know how far we're going to get. So we better. 800. Uh, oh, Chris just saying stuff now. 800. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sentence. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, right? By Christmas. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But yeah, either way, thank you very much for uh, listening. And if you are interested, then please check us out on YouTube. We are uh, Polygon Forest there. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all those um services were on anchor as well so if you just um search for us uh, polygon forest you can find us there please like and subscribe and comment all that good stuff rate us if you are on the other platform so we sort of get a little boost from the algorithm um yeah. but yeah and also hit the bell icon on on youtube so you can be notified when we do have a new episode which is usually every sunday or monday depending on when we edit the video and put it out uh but chris where can people find you good sir all over the place now all over the place this can take a bit longer than it usually does Indeed. Uh, so yeah I'm at Acrylic Pixel uh, on Twitter. I'm Acrylic Pixel on YouTube. And uh, I'm uh, on Steam. So you can search for Focus Find or Acrylic Pixel on Steam. And Patreon, Patreon page is Acrylic Pixel. So yeah, you can search for that and find me there. Very cool. And what about you, Vin? Where can we find your stuff? Yep, you can find me on Twitter. That's the best place. Uh, at Hillfort Games. Um, me and my little indie game is hanging out there you can check it out there if you're not into indie games that's fine i also do um concept art as well um, for the video games industry um so you can find some of that on there as well as art station you can find my art station which is just concept art which is vin hill art you can find all of that sort of stuff there like i've put up over the last few months um some stuff from rainbow six extraction um might have some other stuff cool. at some other point we shall see but yeah that's all there. Oh. 
I mean, I'm obviously working on something. Like, I'm not just like. <laughs> when can you? When you can? When you can tell us that? Do you, is that you're not even allowed to tell us when you can tell us? Oh, something? in about three years. I've no idea. I, I honestly oh, haven't got a okay. clue. Like the game that I'm working on now is very far out. Like I'm probably not going to be able to talk about it until yonder sort of thing i'm sure like i might okay yeah it's it's a while basically i'm it's going to be a long time before i post anything professionally um it's just going to be like personal stuff from the time being yeah. well that's fine got a lot of stuff coming cool yeah you got some cool personal stuff coming so yeah indeed yeah. so until next time thank you very much guys and we will catch you in the next one ta-ta bye-bye bye so i'm hitting record so okay okay three two one your timing's awful but cool. it's okay. Yeah, you'll be able to. That's was... exactly the same on my end. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, mine's got a little bit of delay, I guess. But yeah, that's.